Hello and welcome to So Much More Than Cancer. I am your host, Denise DeSimone. Thank you for being with us today. There's two things I want you to know about this podcast. If you have been diagnosed with cancer, we are here to support you in knowing you are so much more than a diagnosis. And secondly, we are here to talk about so much more than cancer. So let's be brave, let's have some fun, and let's get after it. Well, hello everyone. I'm so excited today with the guest we have, Deb Severo from Newburyport, Massachusetts. She is a friend of mine. We uh, have been friends for many years, so full disclosure. And today we have something extremely special to talk about. Deb is a very special woman, very special woman with many talents. Deb's life partner, Ellie Lee, they were together for 14 years. In 1996, Ellie began writing a musical that showed a lot of promise called Conflict of Interest. She got rave reviews and some good feedback that the work needed a little work. And unfortunately, her journey was cut short by a cancer diagnosis and her work was halted. Ellie ended up passing away in July of 2009. And when Deb retired in 2014 from her long and successful career as a psychiatric nurse, she took on the goal of making Ellie's dream a reality. Now, the commitment to love and what love can do to propel us forward is absolutely clear in this story and Deb's journey with this musical. So today I want to talk to you about how Deb brought a passion project to the stage in October of 2019, when I was one of the audience members in the theater in Newburyport watching Conflict of Interest. The crowd went crazy. Deb is amazingly talented. She is a playwright. She wrote music for it. She wrote songs for it and a whole lot more. And I will tell you, through Deb's commitment, this musical is headed to Broadway. So, Deb Severo, I am so excited you're with us today. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Denise. Um, I'll just, I'll just, my last name is uh, pronounced Severo. Severo. A lot of people call me Severo, but yeah, so I just wanted to say that. Well, uh, thank you. I've been calling you that for years. So I know so many people do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, it ends in an, it ends in a vowel, so we're connected. To that's it. right. That's right. So we can get yucking it up about that. But <laughs> thank you for correcting me, and thank you for being here and spending time and sharing this journey with us. I I do believe this is going to inspire a lot of people. So, tell me. I mean, I want to start off just asking you a little bit about what it was like to be part of the care team and the caregiver for someone going through what Ellie went through and how important it is and the things that a caregiver really needs to know. And then we'll go into really what what was the moment you knew, I need to do this, I need to make this a dream come true? Well, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I wasn't... Uh, I was not only her caretaker, I was her partner. Yeah. So that my commitment was 
just from day one. Anyway, um, you know, I, I, um, I was with her all the time. I went to chemo with her all the time. Um, you know, she had a wonderful attitude. And sometimes I have to say she lifted my spirits um, because she, you know, just wanted to think positive and she kept a, you know, a sense of humor mm-hmm. and uh, made it easy for me sometimes because it was very, I, I knew that she, her diagnosis was grave from the moment she told me. And um, that was, it was pretty tough. But, you know, we actually, this is going to sound crazy, but uh, on Fridays when we would drive into chemo, <laughs> at mgh we would we would be happy um just because the people we were together the people at mgh were so incredible so friendly um and you know it was a the experience was a lot less traumatizing Mm -hmm. to get chemo than we had anticipated and um you know we just made the best of it uh, when we would when we would go on Fridays to get her chemo, Ellie, you know, Ellie was you know going to have to have chemo the rest of her life. Um, so, uh, you know, we knew that may not be long, but uh, in any case, she really and I, we just we made the best of it and just tried to keep our sense of humor. And um, I was just there for her. You know, we didn't. Ellie and I um, didn't live together because we both had had our own homes. We met each other in our 40s and we were utterly established. Our work schedules were different, uh, very different. But when she got that diagnosis of cancer um, with a metastasis in 2008, we were not separated. You know, I was either at her house or she was at my house. Um, So... You know, thank you for that. And and you said something really important that you were together and you were together in it and you found a way to make the best of it. And sometimes I have heard, and I know for me, when I went through my cancer journey, people told me, boy, you're uplifting me just by the attitude. And it sounds like Ellie yes. did that for you and a lot of people. And that's so important. And for for people listening, you know, if you're a caregiver, don't be uh, don't be thinking that it's all on you. It's it's a it's a real partnership, and give people who are going through cancer, or even if they're not going through cancer, when you're in a relationship with somebody, it is always lift each other up, regardless of the circumstances. So, you know, I know you miss her. It's been a long time, but I'm sure sometimes you miss someone. The longer they're gone, the deeper the missing gets. I know for me, with people in my life, that holds true, and it's you know. There's nothing like, you know, there's five languages of love. And my personal language of love is time. There's nothing more important than spending time with someone. And I always say, all we have is each other. And you never know how long we're going to have each other. So, look, you all made the best of it. And you sure took this on, this passion project. So could you talk to us about the time when it came to light? that you were going to take this project on. And I remember talking to you many years ago when you were just starting and I was doing my documentary and we had conversations and you were in the, in the, just the, the 
the genesis of this project. Talk us through and tell me what happened. Tell us how, like what really inspired you and and all the steps you took because you had a lot of work. Yeah, well, you know, I believed in this musical so much and I wanted to let folks know she wrote all the music. Mm -hmm. She wrote all the lyrics Mm -hmm. to the music. And um, she wrote the dialogue of the play or the book of the play, Um, you know, the dialogue between the characters. And um, she was in a play, in a a group called Playwrights Platform. And she knew that the book of the play needed work. But she, her first diagnosis of cancer was in 2004 and it was ovarian and had spread, just spread to her uterus. That took the wind out of her sail. And um, she never quite got back to working on the book of the play. And then, you know, her next, her second episode of cancer was uh, colon cancer with a metastasis to the liver. And, um, you know, of course, uh, the focus was not on the musical. Mm. So I loved everyone. We loved the musical so much that I made... um, a commitment to myself that when I retired in 2014, I would somehow bring her musical to the stage. So the funny thing is, is when I moved to Newburyport after I uh, retired in 2014, I met two people, one of whom was you. <laughs> I've never acted in my life, never took a theater, wasn't involved in theater. And um, you had suggested to me that I, I go to the actor's studio of Newburyport. And another friend, um, whom you do not know, suggested the same thing. And I was, why are people telling me to do that? <laughs> but anyway, when you, when you said it, uh, the, sec- the second time, I decided to do it. So I joined the actor's studio and one of the classes, cold reading class. And I wanted to get to know the director there and let him get to know me. And um, that was, I think, in September of 2016. And in December of 2016, I approached Mark Clopton, the executive director of the Actors Studio of New Report, about Ellie's musical. And he agreed to have a reading of the play. And um, we pulled that off in February of 2017. And um, of course I packed the black box theater he had with all all friends. (laughs) And uh, there were other people too, but um, for me, it was almost like bringing it to the stage. It was so, so exciting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, anyway, everybody loved it, of course. You know, it was a great response. I had people come up to me and say, this is, this is Broadway material. And it was so inspiring. Um, and after that, um, after the reading, um, I wasn't sure how Mark felt about it, but um, he did say to me, Deb, you know, the book, book of the play, it needs work. So I was trying to search for people to help me uh, write, help me with the book of the play. Mm -hmm. And um, I approached 
Uh, later that year, in the fall, I, I talked to several different directors and neither one of them could take the project on with me. So uh, I was getting a little discouraged um, and someone suggested I talk to Anna Smolowitz, who's a well-known director uh, in the on the North Shore here and in Newburyport. So I said, what the heck? I, I contacted her. She agreed to meet with me. I brought her the script and a CD of all the music. And she said, well, I don't have, you know, I don't have a lot of time to look at this. I, I, you probably won't hear from me for a couple of weeks. And I said, that's okay. That's okay. That's fine. And um, the very next day she calls me up <laughs> and says, I cannot get this music out of my head. And I said, I, what did I tell you? I, I, I knew exactly what she was talking about. So she said, Deb, I love it, but the book needs work. You need to get somebody to help you. So she said, why don't you ask Mark? And I thought, well, I have nothing to lose. I didn't know if he was terribly interested in it. But he said yes when I asked him to work on the book of the play. So I would write. We would go through everything. And he never wrote anything. But he, you know, inspired me. Deb, you need to build this character. You need this kind of thing here. Um, you may need a few. You might need to have another song here. Do you think you could do that? And I, you know, I played guitar in my 20s and 30s, and I, I wrote a couple of songs myself. And I said, well, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. And <laughs> so you gave I it a whirl, me, for sure. I did. I, I actually wrote two songs where he thought there should be a song. Yes. And um, long story short, we had, I worked with him for uh, another year on the book of the play, and we had another reading. And that went equally as well. Uh, and it was even better because I think at this, this point, Mark was more engaged in the project mm -hmm. and uh, he liked the edits that mm -hmm. we had done. Mm -hmm. And um, once that was complete, uh, Anna Smolowitz uh, said to me, I want to direct the play. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit just uh, for just a few minutes and give us a synopsis of what this conflict of interest play is about? Well, you know, it's it's about it's really I think Ellie wrote this play really as a way to introduce the love between women, two young women, because mm -hmm. uh, it was, you know, she wrote it in 1996. And um, the way she brought that to a story was to develop a bigger story um, surrounding the two girls that involves uh, some conflicts of interest um, with, uh, you know, different characters in the play. Um, and it's the two girls, their parents, who are both widowed, happen to get together. Yeah, really. Um, and it, it creates more, you know, more conflict. Mm -hmm. And um, she used humor and music, I think, to really appeal to people's um, hearts yeah. and minds. Yes. And um, it's, it, 
I mean, they had people. Once we, we brought it to um, the Firehouse Theater, uh, after the show, um, they had done a survey from the audience about the musical. Yes. And there, were, there was more than, one peop- more than one person who responded that, you know, I, I never knew, I never thought maybe pe- uh, gay people were maybe born that way. Mm-hmm. Or I, I never thought about them and, 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 that, and what it might have been like for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was an eye-opener. Um, and it, I think it shifted their attitudes. Oh, I, I'm sure it did. I mean, I was so happy to be in the audience. I mean, I, people just broke out laughing. There were people crying. I mean, people stood up and we cheered and clapped and clapped and clapped. And I know you had a four-night, three or four-night stint there. and. Oh, yeah. Pretty packed every night. Yeah. And the fact that you, you know, your commitment to love and to Ellie, you know, it doesn't matter if someone's with us or not. To honor the, their desire, their love, their passion, and to really step into that and make it a reality. They are looking down. She was looking down. She was with you, next to you, and Mark and Anna, whom I know both of them extremely well. And you couldn't have been with two better people to bring this to the stage. And is there any, and it is important work. It's a, it's a wonderful, I'm glad you said that. The mind and the heart really got stimulated in this because we have come a long way since when the time she started to write it. Yet there is so much more we can do to whatever your, your tendencies are, there are a lot of young people in this world whom um, are conflicted and are kicked out of their homes and don't know where to go and afraid. And this play and musical speaks to softening that, the heart, and opening the yes. mind to understand. Yeah. And for, for you to bring this dead, uh, I, you know, kudos to you. I, I really have so much. I love and respect you anyway. But when I saw that play, I was just wanted to pick you up and spin you about. <laughs> it was like, God bless you. This yeah. is so awesome. Well, now, I, um, wanted to, I wanted to just say that um, Ellie, I feel Ellie was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was an unsung hero. She was not someone she never bragged. She, uh, you wouldn't even know her talent. And um, I really wanted her to be acknowledged for what she did. God bless you. That was the most important thing, that people see what Ellie Lee did, Mm -hmm. because it was phenomenal. Yes. And it still is, and it may may even go further. We're going to work on it. I'm telling you, I know. I know stuff. You know I know things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I know this is headed to Broadway, and if ever I can do anything to help you move this forward, you know, you never know how God works. You never know the people that are going to come into our lives. It's true. You know, miracles happen all the time. You know, this divine idea came in, inspired you, it inflamed you, it fueled you, it gave you what you needed. The right people showed up. You put one foot in front of the other, and you made it happen. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you can make this happen without, you know, oftentimes we think we have to figure out every bit of the how to get it done. I always follow the philosophy. I need to know why I want to do something. I leave the how to the great spirit. 
call it God, call it infinite intelligence. I don't care what you call it. It's there. And it's always available if we just open up surrender and keep putting our feet one in front of the other. And magic happens. And I know I'm going to be in New York someday watching this play on Broadway. Oh, thanks. Well, that's, that's very, I, I love hearing what you said. And yeah. And, uh, well, I'm so happy that you, you kept a partnership going and always will keep it going, no matter yeah. whether someone's across the veil or they're here. They're always in our hearts. And That's to right. honor her and and show, you know, I know her family was in the audience the night I was there. Yeah. And that was tremendous for them to And I know you're still very close to them and spend a lot of time with them. You are, yeah. there, you are your family, too. Yes. For them to see this must have been something un, ineffable, just unexpected. It was. it was a highlight experience of my life. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a gift to me. I feel I feel like Ellie left me a yeah. huge gift, you know. And for those listening, you know, look around, open your hearts, keep your minds open to all who are among us, no matter what their, you know, um, orientation is in any part of their life. And if somebody is going through something and they may not, you know, be with us forever, Talk to them about what their dreams and goals are. You never know how instrumental you'll be in bringing someone's dream, even though they're on the other side of the veil, to fruition. You just, you never know what, what God has in store. Well, Deb, thank you so much for being with us today. I am so happy we got to do this. And I'm so appreciative of you for many things and for taking the time today and sharing from your heart. It's really special. Well, thank you so much, Denise. It's been a pleasure and an honor. All right. God bless. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being with me. I will be back next week. I hope you will join me. Until then, know you are loved and keep a good thought. Thanks for listening to this episode of So Much More Than Cancer. Please visit www.somuchmorethancancer.com to download your free inspirational and thought-provoking gifts. While there, you can also find more information on Denise and her other offerings. Look for Denise on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you'd like, you can pick up a copy of Denise's book, From Stage 4 to Center Stage at the Books and Pages tab on her website. Please remember to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Until next time, stay well.